Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. Yes, it's unbelievable. As usual at this time of the year, much to my objections, we will be turning over the show to other people. And uh, so there you go. Joining me, of course, from the UK, I think for at least now, is the gold standard in ghost hunting and Mr. GQ himself, Steve Parsons. And don't forget Mr. Popular Photography. I don't know anything about that. I haven't seen any articles from that. Well, that's because you have obviously don't buy the magazine. Yeah. Very good article. Did you read it? Of course I read it. Huh? Of course I read it. Ronnie, you read everything about you, so why would it be any different? He reads it avidly. So, as it's, uh, this is the fourth anniversary of the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I, I think, do you know what? I think for 365 hundred shows, people have been sick of listening to Ron and I yatting on and arguing and squabbling. So, as it's the pre-Christmas show special, we'll hand the show over tonight. Uh, God only knows what happened. And we've got some extra guests here in the UK because we're being joined by Ghost Hunter Ethan. Say hi. hi. Hello. Hi, Ethan. And Ghost hi. Hunter Oscar. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Oscar. And with that, I'm going to hand you over to your, your co-host for the evening, Kat. Hello, everybody. We've got two little people here, so you'll have to bear with us. Ethan, do you want to tell everybody how old you are? I'm six. And Ozzy, how old are you? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> Oscar is three. So goodness knows how tonight's going to go with these little co-hosts coming on. Well, it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> is there anything you want to say to everybody, Ethan? Merry Christmas. I hope you have a lovely Christmas on, on Christmas morning. I heard you guys have been very bad and there's no gifts coming according to the elf on the shelf. Ow. Don't listen to him. He's cranky. He's not he's not I, saying Now we know Jimmy's been in therapy I'm for some Christmas. <laughs> and what about you, Ozzy? Do you think you've been a good boy? He's shaking his head and saying no, but at least he's honest. I am now. You are now. In the last few days before Christmas you're being good boys, aren't That's you? Right, no. mm -hmm. Get double uh -huh. points in the week before Christmas. Ethan, what's your favourite film at the moment? Is it Ghostbusters? Yes. Yes. Um, <gasps> he's looking around his father's office. He's not normally allowed in here. Daddy. And he's noticing all the toys, Daddy. I mean collectibles, his father no, has. excuse me. What? Where did that Pikachu Oh, that scary from? Pikachu. <laughs> yes, everyone, you heard Steve likes Pokemon. <laughs> What's that noise? So how's everybody over there? 
Well, I'm fine. Um, Ronnie's doing fine. We're just waiting for the last couple days for Christmas. I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve with my nephew and my sister and the family that I have left. So looking forward to that and should have a really good time. We're sorry to have heard your news, Jan. Thank you. I'm can I have these children leave the room or yeah. are they going to stay here for the no, whole no, thing? No, come back later. There we are. You say bye to everyone. Talk bye. to them later. Bye. See you later. Bye, boys. So what's new? That so special. So special. Yeah, that's one word for it, Ron. They're two little wild things. Well, they're adorable. <laughs> they certainly have their moments. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it amazing, though, in the build-up to Christmas, they go from being little angels one minute to so excited and then little devils the next? Well, they're human, and all this this build-up and excitement, and they don't know how to express it and contain it. So, yeah, they're just, just little children, and, you know, they can't be expected to act like adults. Um, well, there are a lot of adults that act like children. Say. <laughs> oh, I've just dropped my Pokemon. You've just dropped your Pokemon, yes. Uh, one of Ethan's favourite pastimes with his father is playing Pokemon Go. Oh, I've go. heard of it. I don't know all about it, but I know what a Pokemon is, yeah. Yeah, well, they go around with Steve's phone. I'm not quite sure who's playing the game, but I can't really say much because I'm doing the same. <laughs> we have two teams Steve and Ethan and me and Oscar. Oh. And, and me and the three-year-old are winning. Very good. <laughs> so do you have your decorations up and everything? Uh, yes, Ronnie put them up, and he does a great job. He's really into it and has infinite patience. So I just kind of get out of the way and let him go to it, and then I just enjoy everything when it's done. <laughs> I'm sorry to interject at this point. Did you just yes. say one has infinite patience? Yes, I get... He can take hours and hours and hours to do it and enjoy it. And if I want to work on it, it's like I want to just get it done in like half an hour, get it done, get the boxes all put away. So I just get out of his way, go do something else. And... The living room's a mess until he gets it finished and then puts everything away, and then I'm fine because I haven't got myself worked into a annoying state because I can't stand to look at clutter. So. No, it was just this concept of Ron having patience. It's something I've never encountered in all the years I've known him. Oh, don't be mean. Well, that is actually the truth, but he really enjoys <laughs> Christmas. Um, so, you know, go for it. <laughs> oh, but I thought it was supposed to be the season of goodwill. Well, I haven't killed him yet, so it is. <laughs> oh, I just say that. Quiet there. Uh, yes, things are quieting down. The election back in November was very uh, stressful for everybody, so things are starting to finally calm down, and I can't wait for the new year to be come, and then, you know, hopefully everything will really get on a smooth track and hopefully everybody will have a good new year. It was quite interesting over in the UK to realize that the current new voting generation know more about American politics now and have more of an interest in it than in our own politics. Only because of the president's name. Yeah, well, Trump yeah. Over here is, is rather amusing. Oh, I heard about that one, yes. So, yeah, that, was, that would definitely pique their interest. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we ha- we did have a potential candidate of Boris Johnson, who who looks like a British version of Donald Trump anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you imagine Donald Trump in a British clone trying to debate something out? I, I think that would have been a challenge. Oh, that would probably ruin all the good relations we've had for the couple of centuries since the uh, Civil War, I mean, the uh, Revolutionary War. Well, apparently um, Donald Trump likes Boris Johnson. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. It was the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party this week just passed, if our memory serves me right. Well, I forgot, not forgotten about that, but didn't realize the date had come and passed. But, yeah, we got a little bit riled up about that and, you know, threw a bunch of tea over into over the uh, size the mil- of the ship into the harbor. And the milk and sugar, I hope. No, that wasn't taxed. I don't think... <laughs> What's that he's whittering on in the background? Oh, he's just cranky. You know him. (laughs) What sort of traditions do kids do over there then? I mean, with our two little ones, I think I was a bit of a mean mother this year because I told Ethan that he had to send his Christmas list off at Halloween before the Christmas adverts came on and he started wanting things he'd never even thought of before. That's a great idea. Smart woman. Also wow. gave me a chance to order things in. Yeah. <laughs> but he's changed his mind about a dozen times since then. You know he listens to, Ethan listens to the podcast. No, he doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. It's a very savvy child. <laughs> um, well, I know my niece and nephew, they have young children, and in Atkinson, New Hampshire, where my nephew lives, they, they have two fire trucks that travel the entire town, every street of the town, and go by with the Santa and the waves to the children and stuff like that. So my uh, nephew's three-year-old was just about bursting with, you know, excitement and everything. Um, and then in, in uh, North Andover, where my niece lives, I think they did something equal but they had it at the fire department and you know they had all the children of the offices there and um you know so they must have really liked that we have something similar but a a man gets towed around the town on the back of a trailer that's lit up oh jeez just a random man it's not quite (laughs) not a random man (laughs) actually can i just say at this point um because it reminds me of a trip i i I went to the states in 2000 during the election of bush and that was quite controversial as well but we got we got asked a question while we were over there because um in the south so for any southern in georgia if you're listening to the podcast in georgia alabama mississippi or the florida panhandle uh, Great Britain does, in fact, celebrate Christmas and not Hanukkah. <laughs> See, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, they, did, they didn't in the Deep South. <laughs> well, they are very kind of set in their ways. Uh, yeah. Most of them haven't been out of their own counties. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, girls. Oh, at least your man is sitting there quite quiet, apart from an occasional little buzz going on in the background. Yeah, I'll get an earful after the show is over, I'm sure. But um, I want to make sure everybody knows that I say Merry Christmas to everybody. I mean, if if I know he's a Muslim, I probably won't talk to him. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's Merry Christmas. And if you say 
you don't believe in God, well, the heck with you. It's Merry Christmas. It's not just Happy Holidays. It's wow. Merry Christmas. So I'm the, going to my soapbox and saying that right up front. The following opinion is not that of Ghost Chronicles <laughs> International or Pararex or any other affiliates nearby contacted by this station. Carry on. <laughs> Good interjection. And mm. I, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas or whatever you're celebrating. I've got Jewish cousins who will be celebrating over the season as well. Right. Uh, British. No, they're American. <laughs> oh, they do um, in my family, my uncle, who was a Christian, um, married, married a Jewish lady and converted. But one oh. of the one of the conditions that he had of, of becoming Jewish was that they celebrated Christmas not so much for the Christian reasons, but because at least it's something to do with his family traditions. Right. Um, and that's kind of been embraced by his son, who has married a Christian, but he's Jewish. Okay. And when he was over many years ago, I said to him, you know, you do you still follow the Jewish faith? And he jokingly said, I follow the present faith. I said, oh, I haven't heard of that one before. What's the present faith? He said, if there's a present, I celebrate it. <laughs> no, I like that. Smart man. Yes. Do you connoisseur of the sausages? Oh. Uh, he He's quite a good chef. And adores pork sausages. Well, I don't know if they're pork. Yeah, they are. Actually, well, I... I I will really make a feel... statement back up. All right, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not going to make a statement that I can't back up. He does uh, eat sausages, but they might be chicken or turkey. I'm not going to say it's pork. He said they were pork. Very, very sad for the, the Muslims and the Jews because, of course, they miss out on him, God's gift to man. <laughs> what? I, you? Well... <laughs> man. Yeah, that's what I said, you. Isn't that what you're... you're... Aren't you the God's gift? Yeah, pretty close, but that's it. We were were debating in work. um, Quite a lot of my work colleagues have children around the same age as um, our daughter, Helen, who's in her early 20s. And it seems to be that they're all going through a vegetarian phase at the moment. Oh, that is big, yes. Yeah, and one thing that we could all agree on, which their children couldn't agree on, was that... We probably could be vegetarian until you made us bacon. (laughs) Yes. And then there might be a problem. Actually, I could be American if it wasn't for bacon. Anyway, since this is Ghost Prime... No, I haven't had American. We would mention uh, something to do with ghosts. And just prior to the beginning, in the beginning of the show, you got... And I know that, Kat, you have seen it, and Janet has seen it as well, the new Ghostbusters. I just was wondering about your opinions on it. Well, we went to the cinema to see it um, pretty much within a few days of it coming out. And it was entertaining in the cinema. But I think we set the benchmarks so high with our expectations from the other films that we came away a little bit disappointed. Now, the DVDs come out in the UK and watching the unedited version where the story makes more sense, I actually think the unedited version is a very good film. Oh. There seems to be huge chunks of the film that were cut out for the cinema release that made the film sort of stutter and not make sense. But having watched the full version, I found it's a lot better. Well, I did see it, and I have to say, the original would have been, 
is so hard to top. I mean, you had the greats of that time, and it was just so funny and so cute and iconic. Yeah. That maybe it's because these ladies aren't as, um, how can I say that, to me, iconic, mm-hmm. that I just, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad, but, you know, not, I don't think anything could beat the original. I don't know, the inclusion of the lesbian sex scene was in, in the DVD release was particularly good. Behave! <laughs> That's from your own private collection, isn't it? <laughs> I I said that. Well, if we got most of them, we might as well have lesbians. Oh, Stephen's got See, I can't restrain him. I can't restrain Ryan either, so, you know. Christmas. I, I think with the original film, the comedy seemed to come naturally. Right. Whereas it felt quite scripted. But I have to say, I think Holtzman is brilliant. I think she's the best character in the whole thing. Does Ron have an opinion or shouldn't I ask? I have no opinions. I'm only a man. Oh, Ron, will stop it. I was going to say, well done, Johnny knows his place. <laughs> no, he's just playing for the audience, believe me. They know man's him too well. <laughs> if, yeah, man's place is in the wrong. Even when he's in the right, he's in the wrong. Right, that goes back to the old uh, Greek adage that if a man is alone in the forest by himself and there's no woman around, is he still wrong? And of yes. Course, every, yes. Yes, every answer, woman answers yes. <laughs> I... I had a problem with my car coming home tonight and um, we had the recovery guy come out and he's going to fix it for us so it's not a problem. And I'd come back into the house and Steve said, if it's this problem, you're going to need this fixing. And I went out to the recovery guy and said, is my husband right? He said, I know it's going to be very painful for you to admit this to your husband, but yes, he is. (laughs) And in the job that I do, which is working in a bank, um, we have to ask the customer how much they're paying in. And when it's a man and I count it out, I say, right, you need to get your calendar out. And they look at me like I'm a bit strange. And I said, you need to mark something down on your calendar. A woman is about to tell you you were right. We actually had a uh, new report out today, uh, yesterday, excuse me, that came out that uh, said that women doctors are, you have a much better chance of driving with a woman doctor than you do with a male doctor. You're opening a can of worms there, aren't you? No, I'm just saying, that's that's what the report came out there. It's, it's based on statistics. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the women doctors have a higher survival rate with their patients than uh, male doctors. Do you know, I, I worked in nursing, as you know, and I can't disagree with that because um, I think overall women – depends on the speciality. I think women can, can miss uh, some things because they can – I think they look at the bigger picture, whereas men can be – I think it goes back to a condition like Asperger's or OCD, which meant men collect stuff, don't they? Um, and they, they know a lot of detail about a very small range of subjects. For example, I mean, with the paranormal, because uh, here's Ghost Chronicles International, so we try and get it in somehow. 
I know a lot, hopefully, about the paranormal, but not very much about anything I'm not interested in. And I think that goes uh, a lot for men. We can focus on things that we're interested in. Right, right. Um, whereas, I disagree, but that's all right. I think, I think women are better at seeing the big picture. So men dealing with one task and women dealing with many. No, disagree. Well, you would, Ronnie, but I do believe that women in instinctively learn to multitask. When you have two children, you have to have eyes in the back of your head. You know, you have to be able to do five things, you know, make lunches, you know, do this, do that, and, you know, keep the kids from crawling out the windows and, you know, that type of stuff. Crawling out the windows. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just thinking that's probably quite accurate in the house. The, the, the kids are pretty wild. What Ethan's quite sedate. I'm saying that the kids are pretty wild. Yeah, well, Ethan's quite sedate, but, Os but Oscar... Because of yours. It's got to the point where um, it, it's policy now, whether the children are at school or nursery or wherever... If they bang their head at all, you have to be called or informed straight away. Wow. So, so it's nothing serious, but they just have to inform you. There's a legal obligation. Okay. So I, I will go and check my phone in my lunch hour, and I'll find missed calls from the nursery or from the school. Ethan's fallen over trying to do cartwheels. Oscar has got to the point now where they phone and they go, listen, he's fine, he's banged his head. Because now his head is so hard, they're more about the floor and the furniture than they are about him now. Oh, that's funny. Oscar the battering ram. Well, you hate to think of a child, you know, cocking the head or something like that, but they're pretty sturdy. Um, however... You know, they are, the school obviously has to cover themselves. But, you know, when we were kids, we went out all day. You know, you scrape your knee, it didn't get a Band-Aid till supper time. You know, but, of course, that was a you know different generation and a long time ago. But um, everything has to be legally covered nowadays just as a protection. I, I think some children have lost the ability to have an imagination. Um, I remember... When my brother came down to stay for Christmas one year, his son must have been 18 months old. And staying in our house, uh, it was early 1800s, uh, an old blacksmith's house. Oh, wow. We hadn't been in it very long. They, the bedroom that my nephew was in was in the room opposite us. And one day he just came out with man in the room. Man wow. in the room. I want to see the man in the room. And we all sort of looked at each other. And obviously there was no one there. And it wasn't until several years later that we found out that a blacksmith had fallen down the staircase in the house and everyone in the village knew about it but didn't tell us because they didn't think we'd buy the house. <laughs> you know, I think children are very, very sensitive to things like that because I have a cousin whose little son woke up one day and he was sick and he was in his parents' bed. It was during the day. So when my cousin went up to check on him, she said, what are you doing in my bed? How did you get here? And he said, the lady carried me. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. But it wasn't a bad thing. It's no. like the spirit that had been there saw that he was sick and put him in his parents' bed. 
I remember one day with my daughter, or, or daughter Helen, um, she was around Ethan's age, so four or five. Um, and, of course, poltergeists are commonly associated with very young children, and very young, chi- um, and very young children are... They, they say that they see more things. Well, one day she, she started to say that there had been a man in the room. Well, of course, as you can imagine, um, within about half an hour, the place was rigged with cameras, motion detectors, yeah. ghost detectors. <laughs> as every normal parent has as every, in their yeah, arsenal. As every normal parent would do. Um, and uh, sadly, nothing happened. And when she got to her teen years, of course, I was desperately hoping that we'd have some teen angst poltergeist activity. But sadly, she was a bit too well-balanced for that. Maybe I should have stressed her out a bit more when she was younger. <laughs> but the more I'll I work sp- on it with the boys, though. <laughs> the more that I speak to Steve's mum, the more comes out about another certain oh, small child. Oh, yes, Ron, put this away in your arsenal, all right? Hmm. Um, You've been Steve- listening to ghost <laughs> Steve used to talk to a lady on the stairs. Regularly, as a little boy, and it turned out that he was talking to a grandmother. The lady who used to live in the house, he's correcting me. And he'd chat away to her. And his father has um, certain capabilities as well, doesn't he, Steve? There are places for people like that. Yeah. It's called New England. (laughs) But, yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting to see if either our boys carry on the family tradition. Of being sceptical. Yeah, but you didn't, you couldn't remember yeah, any right. sensations that you That's used Ron, to have. Ron, Ron always accuses me on almost every show that we do of being hard-nosed, sceptical. Elitist. Dis- Pardon? Elitist. 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 Well, yeah, well, that goes without saying. Well, when I'm on a show with an American, I mean, it's hard. It's it's, it's not difficult that part. I'm British. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, apparently, um, yeah, my parents have reached that, that 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 age where they start with the embarrassing stories of childhood to anybody that will listen. It's um, brilliant. I'll give you their number. <laughs> and and unfortunately, um, I, they they constantly point out that. Apparently, I used to do things like the Ouija board with school friends from age in eight. In the garage. In the garage from age eight. And fortunately, I... I that explains all right. Yeah, well, I've blanked out all of those memories, so um, I have no recollection. I always believed that I got interested in the subject in, in early teen years with a school religious project. Uh, oh, really? And just to be obtuse, I decided on, on spiritualism. Um, but that t- turned out not to be the case. Um, and then my, my father had blurted out a few years ago that, of course, you know you come from a long line of psychics. Really? So um, I, I dug out through... Well, the- if you were... We have to take a break now. You listen to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet Pararax, Astronet Radio, the Ghost Box, and wherever the hell else we're being listened to. I am Ron Kolak, our host and our special co-host this week uh stevens no cat stevens i like that one no it's cat uh parsons and of course mr parsons himself we'll be right back after the following messages welcome to Tokinet radio with a cutting edge 
Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. If you're listening, still listening and you're wondering what the heck is going on, tonight is the Nightmare Before Christmas special edition, the show in which Ron and I take very much our back seat and we hand over the airwaves or the podcast bits and bites and stuff to our, well, actually the power behind the throne, if I'm honest. What you Those who to... tell us what we should be doing. Yeah, the throne. Yeah, yeah, but you guys wouldn't listen anyway, so. No, but we, 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 well, we hear, we hear all and say not much. So, um, and without further ado, and I assume you've made it to uh, part two of Ghost Chronicles International intact. Stay tuned for the end for the very special rendition of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and well, back to our co-host. The only kind of throne you sit on is the one I have to clean. <laughs> this is so bad. What's so bad? Are you trying to make out that I'm bad, Ron? He wouldn't dare, would you? Listeners, last one. You had ten listeners. Eight now. <laughs> Naughty, not bad. Listen, it's different for your listeners rather than listening to you two going on and on and on and on. What I'd like to can I ask a question? Go ahead. Well, I know Boxing Day is the day after Christmas in England, and I know how it started. Um, is it still celebrated? Um, is it a day off that you, uh, the English, look forward to, or how does well, that work now? Well, like this year, Christmas Eve falls on a Saturday, and Boxing Day and Christmas Day are both bank holidays, so. Most businesses are shut. Um, 
people like myself and office workers tend to get Boxing Day off. So it kind of extends our Christmas vacation. Um, but most of the stores tend to open and start their st- sales at 10 o'clock in the morning. and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like Black Friday near Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Okay. To be honest, I think the stores are closed for less than 24 hours and then it all starts again. Unbelievable. Yeah. So Boxing Day, the purpose of Boxing Day has kind of been lost, but I don't mind because I get a day off. Oh, yeah, of course. Is that one of the great mysteries of life and Christmas? Why, why here in the UK now, as, as Kat just said, we have the stores that are shut for less than 24 hours, and yet if we go to the supermarket any day this week, you will see people pushing trolleys, three or four trolleys, loaded down with a month's supplies of food, and yet the shops open the following day. They're afraid not to, and that's the sad thing. They all follow suit, and one store is worried that if they don't stay open, they'll lose revenue. But my father always said that the more hours you stay open, um, you delete your profits because you have to pay for overhead and, and your employees and stuff like that. So that's just my philosophy on that. There is a campaign that's going on in the UK to ask supermarkets and businesses to remain closed on Boxing Day, which is a huge ask. Like you said, they'll lose a huge amount of money. But I don't know if you have the store over in the States, but we've got a a toy store called The Entertainer over here. There are other toy stores available within the UK. Um, But as a policy, they don't open on a Sunday and they don't open over Easter and they don't open over Christmas. And their message in their window is our employees have families as well. I love that. I absolutely uh, love that. Which is incredibly frustrating when you want a particular item, but you can't <laughs> knock how well they're taking care of their staff in making sure, I'm sure they work them very hard the rest of the time, but that they get that time and they put family first. Yep. Well, I like that. I really do. Yeah. It makes a big difference. When I was growing up, we had in Massachusetts what were called the uh, Blue Laws, None of the stores were open on Sunday unless it was a drug store. I mean, you know, liquor stores weren't open, supermarkets weren't open. Um, but then we're so. Mara Paz were open, though. Yeah, the, the little corner stores, but they didn't sell liquor or anything like that. But um, we could go up to New Hampshire, and New Hampshire would open, and they're very close to us. So the stores down here started getting annoyed because, you know, people would just go up to New Hampshire. But. I really think that society is so fast-paced nowadays that it was a good thing that, you know, that they tried to regulate, you know, the store hours and stuff like that. Some of the big supermarkets here changed to 24 hours, Um, not selling alcohol 24 hours, but the, the rest of the store would be open 24 hours a day. The only day that would be shorter would be a Sunday where they'd be open from 10 a.m. in the morning till 4 p.m. in the evening. But even now they're going back and reviewing them and realizing that the novelty has worn off of that store being open at 3.15 in the morning when they're paying 20 people to be on site and you have three customers come in. Exactly. You know, what? Yeah, that just, proved, that just proves my father's argument. 
it is a novelty value. Yeah. Well, I think the whole structure and um, how can I say this? People, I think, were more disciplined and more structured. And nowadays, people just, a lot of people just float around and think they can do anything at any time and not have to plan. And, um, you know, they can, instant gratification, they can do whatever they want at any given time. Well, a local radio station over here have been doing um, however many sleeps till Santa comes, and they have parents who nominate their children to go onto the radio and introduce the song of however many sleeps are left. And they ask each child, what is it you've asked from Santa? And I'm driving along to work, and my children have, they're normal children, but they have realistic expectations of what they can ask for. Right. And you're hearing eight and nine-year-old children saying, I want an iPhone 6 for Christmas. <laughs> I, I've asked Santa for a laptop. I wanted an iPad, really, but I, I, I'm, I've asked him for a laptop. <laughs> and then you're hearing them asking for single toys. They're like £100, so nearly just slightly over $100 for a single toy. Oh, I, I, it just beggars belief. It does, and it's scary because you're setting them up so that when they get older, they're going to expect the same thing, you know, and they're not going to be able to understand when they can't get what they want at any given time. So uh, I was reading another article which was saying about cr uh, Christmas traditions and it said about um, how in a stocking there'll always be an orange and some nuts and things like that. Well, my kid, to be honest, my children have said to us, can I not have the orange or the nuts because we don't eat them anyway? Right. But it's where these traditions are founded. Have you got any unique traditions that you do as a family or have always followed? Uh, when I, well, when, when I was, I was young, young, my, my parents, parents always, always went, went to Midnight Mass, mass on Christmas Eve, and, and they'd get my brother, brother up to watch us and everything, and, and then when they, they came, came home, they'd wake us up and would open our gifts at that time, stay up for a little bit, and then go to bed, and my parents could sleep late the next day because we'd just get up and play with our toys. But, um, you know, our expectations were very... Um, how can I say it? Very simple. I mean, you know, you'd get a nightgown, a new nightgown, and you'd get coloring books and, you know, like little toy dishes for a, um, you know, little girl and stuff like that. Um, you know, it was just very simple and, you know, we loved it. However, we didn't get Christmas stockings because that was, wasn't something that was familiar to either of my parents. But in the olden days, the stocking was all the child would get. So that's why they put an orange in there, because they were very valuable, especially because at winter time to get an orange must have been expensive. Yeah. Quite often, that was the street. Exactly. Steve was... Um, we were talking with Ethan saying, you know, as you're growing up, I mean, he is only six, but as you're growing up, we, a few years ago, he, he said to him, 
he took me to one side. He said, Mummy, I've had a lovely Christmas. I've had lovely presents from Santa. I said, oh, that's really good. He said, Nana bought me things. Grandma and Grandad bought me things. And he was saying all the, the people who had thought of him. And he said, but Mummy, you and Daddy forgot me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that cost me. Haven't made that mistake since. And Steve was talking to him about, you know, as you get older, gifts become more expensive because what you need becomes more expensive. Not what you want, but what you no, need. Right. And he said, exactly. so from the age of seven, there will be the four present rules. So he was explaining it to Ethan and he said, something you want something you need, something to wear, and something to read. And he said, they're the four things you can ask for from Santa. I like that. I like that. And so he's in for a shock next year because that's what's going to be happening. Oh, that's so mean. No, it's not. It's sensible. Yeah, but what you're is... Just setting, you're just yeah, but... setting up children for expectations that may not necessarily be able to be met, especially when they be you know, young adults starting to work and, you know, they can't have the brand new car and, you know, they might not be able to have their own wonderful apartment and and stuff like that, you know? Steve just shot himself in the foot, though, because he pointed out that what you want, he said, he's hoping it, that Ethan asks for a drone. Oh, that's... But, uh, Steve, that's something you want. Absolutely. <laughs> Might bring it with me when I come over in September. Oh, please don't. I don't know which planet he's on. He's not having a drone. You know, they're just annoying, and I think they're dangerous. That what? and the fact that young kids are, are poisoning lasers at airplanes and the pilots. It's like, that is so dangerous. So a lot of these things out there are just dangerous for kids to have because they don't have the um, the maturity to understand that, yes, they're toys, but they can prove to be very, very dangerous. So much has changed. I've, I've started to look, you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, and realized that I have become my grandmother. Exactly. I say that all the time. I've turned into my own grandmother. Those <laughs> kids nowadays, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's a sign of the times. Things were much simpler when we were young, but I guess every generation back down to 2,000 years ago said the same thing. I was... Um, I wonder if Jesus would have wanted a drone. No, Jesus would not have wanted a drone. No, no, he could fly. <sighs> I apologise. It's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible that Jesus asked for a drone. No, that he could fly. He didn't fly. Materialized. I don't uh, think he necessarily flew. Uh, Ron, I think you'll find he did. Didn't he wash off up to heaven? Oh, he, he ascended. ascended. Into heaven. There he you ascended go. into heaven. Transported. Didn't need to fly. Well, there's no mention of there being a Starship Enterprise in orbit above the planet at that time. So I'm guessing he either went via a transporter or he could fly. I think the angels uh, brought him up when. When that happened, the ascending had to do a lot with the angels and stuff. Or a rocket pack. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jesus in a rocket belt. Jesus in a rocket belt? Yeah. 
Ron, is he normally like this on the radio show? Because I'm not allowed to listen usually. I don't know. Ronnie just took off um, probably to get his tea. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, he's brave. Steve's not moving from the room. I don't know what he thinks I'm going to do. I'm tidying and dusting and boxing. Tidying? Oh, that's why I don't notice it. Well, you can't expect it to be clean if you don't allow Cat in there, so. <gasps> right, Cat? Well, I, I have to be honest. I have this habit of finding a corner and putting stuff in it. You go around oh. and you find things everywhere. But I don't get time. I, I try and keep on top of it. Whereas the office... The office where you're the only person who's allowed in it. I swear you have a trip sensor on your door. No. <laughs> no. He, he, he has a night vision camera aimed at the door. So if he's not in the room, he can see if anyone's sneaking in. <laughs> Uh, he sounds very territorial, which... Ethan, Ozzy, do you want to sing everybody a Christmas song? I'm going to sing Jingle Bells? In case anybody's jingle actually Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in the world. has been slain. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse serpent sleigh. Yay! Yay! Did you like that, do you think? Yeah. All the people listening to you. Yeah. Good job. Now, now in previous years, as, as we, we, we appear to have recovered normal broadcasting, um, we've always drawn the show to, towards its conclusion by trying to make our way bravely through the night before Christmas, usually with very little success. Yeah, we usually end up missing out about four verses. So tonight, for a change, we're actually singing from the same hymn sheet um, or reciting from the same hymn sheet. And if you want to, we haven't got a... We should have one of those bouncy Christmas mince pies that bounces across the screen. Bouncy Christmas mince pies? Yeah. Me. The bounces Can you across stand the screen. Up and no. Stand. Are you going to help us? Read but for the, the second time, Ron wants the link, which was sent about twenty minutes ago. I, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll muddle on. So who? I mean, sorry, I'm being distracted at the moment. I'm, I'm not actually sure who can hear who. Uh, the chat room were telling me that we're all okay. Um, the computer's voice, the Parasites family. Um, and say something, Janet. Hi, Steve. There we go. We're all back on again. Right, so has Ron pulled up the link that we sent a little while ago? Twice. No, has he? I can't get Ron on. Well, that's, actually, uh, production are telling us that Ron can't come on, so that's always a bad <laughs> So you leave the Father Christmas Lego set on. <laughs> right, so... Um, are you playing with Daddy's toys? Yeah. So, we're going to have a go, Janet, at the night before Christmas. Okay. Have you got the link to the... Well, you should... You, you probably know the lyrics anyway. So, should we start it here in the United Kingdom? And bounce it across the Atlantic yeah. in the direction of Santa's travel? Are we doing a parapoppy? Yeah, we'll do a verse each. Right. So, so we'll start. start. So, off you go, then. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. 
Yeah. That's Janet's go. <laughs> you know, he has the words at the same time. Because the stockings all hung by the chin with care. And the hope. <laughs> it's going as well as ever, isn't it? Hey! The children were nestled all safe in their beds, while visions of sugar plums. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> What's a kerchief? A handkerchief, so a kerchief, knotted handkerchief on your head. Well, like a hijab. Are we, are we debating it or are we... Oh, I was just wondering, is it like a hijab? No, it's not like a hijab. Oh, OK. And Mum in a kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. No idea because no. we can't hear on the show. No. Oh, this ain't working. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny little weeny deer. Well, they could have just been a long way away and perspective takes over. Then with, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his course they came as he whistled and shouted and called them by name. No dasher, no dancer, no prancer, no vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop. The courses they flew with a sleigh full of toys and brave St. Nicholas too. Should have been brave Van Helsing at that point. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. Boing. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back and he looked like a peddler just opening his... A Romanian. It could have been a Romanian. Stop it! His eyes, how they twinkle. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose was a cherry. Like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth, oh, and the smoke, it, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad head. And a, a broad round face! Yeah, he had a broad head and a round little <laughs> belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him fall off of the shelf. <laughs> a wink of his eye and the twist of his head soon gave me to know there was nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings. Then he turned with a jerk and lay a, fin in a finger alongside his toe. He was like... In a way, they all flew like the down on a thistle. But I heard a exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Boys, your turn. 
Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Ho, 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 ho. Well, it's not quite mm. good night because we've still got, we haven't mm. had the pizza now. Mm. He's got <laughs> I've no idea how that worked, whether it, it worked, works. or indeed if it worked at all. And I'm sure it was very interesting. And I'm hoping to God the production can fix that in the edit. Why is that ghost And we're still on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Joe, can you still hear us? My yes. Oh, there we go. So I'll pass it back to Kat then, because we can't hear you very well, except very intermittently at the moment. Well, I wish I'd had the lyrics earlier because it's a great poem and I would have enjoyed saying it, but I only could uh, remember the first stanza. But Ronnie finally got the lyrics up on uh, the computer so I could at least finish it off. Ah, and you finished it off beautifully. I'm sorry? And you finished it off beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Kat. That's sweet. Yeah, I think tonight we were affected by Krampus. I think we had a cramp, uh, an influx of either the Grinch or Krampus. Ah, uh, yes, I heard about him. Which Here one? She comes to visit Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the boys are just being put to bed, so for the last minute of the show, um, I think you're stuck with me, Jan. Um, so I can only apologise to our listeners for that unfortunate ending to the show where you, you're back stuck with me at least. I don't know what happened to Ron. Maybe he was abducted by the Grampus or the Grinch. <laughs> or in fact, we don't know whether he might actually be the Grinch. Oh, hello. Pizza. Yeah. Sleigh, and finishing his tea. from the dead. Uh, no, he's pretty much alive. He wasn't rattling change in his pocket then. No, that was just a bell. <laughs> and very festive too. He got a lovely bell when we went to a yard set. No, a thrift store. Oh, remember that? Yeah. That was fun. Kat, well, I think you would have enjoyed that too. Sounds good. Well, according to um, the the messages we're getting, it's time for the tunes. Uh, so it's like Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. See you later. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas and enjoy the festivities wherever you are. Is it all that? Yeah. <laughs> we survived another one. From ghoulies to ghosties, long leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck. <laughs>